Hey everybody, welcome to episode 28 of Pop Cannon. I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. Uh, I'm Andrew. And I'm Brian the Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so, for all of our first-time listeners, welcome to Pop Cannon. Uh, today, we are discussing Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Interesting. As well as the series as a whole. Yeah, we figured why not, after doing this Batman, the animated series giveaway, let's dive into Mask of the Phantasm and just kind of talk about one of our favorite series, like, of all time. It's called Vertical Integration. It's also called Synergy. (laughs) So we are talking Mask of the Phantasm, which was a film that came out in 1993, yeah, theatrical release, uh, wide release in theaters. Christmas Day, actually. They yeah. didn't decide to make it a theatrical release until about uh, eight months before it was going to do that. It was yeah. going to be direct to home. And then they were like, you know what? It'd be cool to put it in a theater. And they had like no time to make the aspect ratio work. Yep. And oh. it, uh, they had no time to promote it either. So it like yeah. kind of just failed at the box office initially. <laughs> and it, it went up. Who did it go up against? It was going up against a couple other movies. Um, I know that it lost out to an award. It was like an animated f- film award to The Lion King. Oh. Oh well. <laughs> but Lion King, I think, came out in '94. Yeah, Lion so. King. But was like, like this was Christmas Day '93, so that, that all works out. Well, it looks like it, with a budget of $6 million, the box office was 5.8, so it wasn't a total flop, but... That's actually... That, that is considered a loss, though. It right. is, yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like a bomb. No, and then once it came out on home video, that's when it kind of became financially successful. Yeah. yeah. I had this on VHS and um, watched it endlessly, as far as I remember. Yeah, I also had like a tie-in comic. Yes, I still have it. That uh, it really? was like a mini book. Yep. That came in, and that was like one of my first comic books. Yep, still what, have it. Was there awesome. a McDonald's tie-in for this? I yes, think there was absolutely. Because okay. I feel like I remember having toys from McDonald's for Mask of the Phantasm. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely a massive impact, just in terms of like Batman movies. Oh, I agree completely. It it definitely um, is regarded as one of the best Batman films of all time between animation and live action. Oh, yeah. Probably one of the best superhero movies ever made. I don't know if I'd go that far. But, <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, it's good. I don't know how I watched it when I was younger and it kept my attention. It's Batman punches people. I think, like, honestly, that's the only, for for me when I was younger, I, that must have been the only thing that kept me putting this into my VHS, was Batman Punches People, because it's very slow at some mm-hmm. points, and it's mm-hmm. a it very adult story. Yep, but very. Batman punches a guy off a motorcycle at one point. <laughs> he does. And that was fucking sweet. Like, right in his fucking face. Yeah. Right in his face. Yeah, that guy's that guy's gonna have reconstructive surgery. His face kind of caved in around Batman's face. It was it almost looked like he had punched a pillow. <laughs> For some reason, I always liked that he punched him instead of kicked him. 
Yeah. I feel like a kick is just kind of obvious, but he just straight up punched that guy right in the face on a motorcycle going like 40 miles an hour. He like vaulted off of the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the front fender of the motorcycle and punched that guy in the face and then cannonballed through him, basically. And, and let's be honest, he probably broke at least a bone in his hand when he punched him. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. in the face. I mean, he immediately face. broke some ribs after taking oh, well, a yeah. baseball bat to the, <laughs> to the after stomach. Having a baseball More bat shatter on his ribs. Billy club. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so going awesome. going to your point, Rob, like about holding attention and the adult themes, um, definitely the first half of the movie is just very slow and it sets everything up. Mm-hmm. A lot of flashbacks. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think the second half of the movie is where everything kind of picked up with the introduction of the Joker. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, as a kid watching it, in my opinion, I think that's kind of what won me over, but also the fact that Phantasm legitimately scared me as a child. Mm-hmm. Great character design. And the voice is fucking... The voice Stacey is what Keech. freaks me out. Yeah. Your angel of death awaits you. <laughs> It, he, it was great that Nerd. Phantasm had a uh, a catchphrase right out of the gate. Yeah. Damn. You know, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use this. It's going to be great. You know, yeah. like uh, the idea that uh, she sat in her room and was like, what would I say? And that's was, what she settled upon. Didn't she? It was Dana Delaney. Didn't she become Lois yeah. Lane? Yes. In yeah. Superman? Because of, I think Based because off of, of this, this role. Yeah. Based off of her performance in this, they liked her so much they made her Lois Lane. Huh. Yeah, I, then, honestly, I never that. knew that. And they also gave the phantasm that um, that the same form as her father, and then that, also that uh, city councilman guy. Mm-hmm. Right. They had the same build, generally. To keep you guessing. <laughs> Although, I mean, obviously, like, having watched it so many times, I knew the ending, but, like, they couldn't have played it any more obvious, I feel like. It wasn't really... Uh, a crazy reveal when it was like, oh, it's her. I think it was, yeah. honestly, though. Yeah. Like, f- seeing it for the first time. Because I feel like they left breadcrumbs, but also I was a kid the first time I saw it, so... For watching a kid, it, now, it was probably a mind-blower. Yeah, like, watching yeah. it now, it's the, you see it a mile away. Yeah. And also, they released uh, uh, toys that tied into this. Yeah, that's and, and that's what I was going to say. That That's how I got spoiled. <laughs> The jo- the Joker and Phantasm were a two pack, and uh, the Phantasm was unmasked in the packaging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I didn't see it until I got it on DVD, um, like years later. Um, I don't really, know, I never saw. Yeah, I never saw it in theaters. As much as I loved the animated series, I just never saw it in theaters. And uh, yeah, so I got it sight unseen on on DVD. And be- when it was out, I had seen the toy and been like, oh. Okay, so the phantasm's a redheaded woman. That's interesting. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So the, I, I was spoiled on that, so I can't say whether because watching it the first time, I already knew. So mm-hmm. um, I'm a little bit of a, a tainted well on that. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I was I was still surprised, but I was pretty little when I saw this, and then I didn't see it again for years and years and years. But yeah, once you see it as an adult, you see the reveal of the phantasm coming a mile away. But I feel like I remember as a kid being shocked that it was uh, Andrea or whatever her name mm. was. Mm-hmm. Andrea. Andrea, Andrea Beaumont. Beaumont. 
She got that fancy pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Andrea. Andrea. Um, or Andy. Yeah. As they like to yeah. call her. Yeah, that's odd. That's weird. Yeah. Um, I really. There's a lot of really great sequences in this. So I'm interested to hear what you guys liked. What what was your favorite? Um, so I think, uh, and I'm sure it changes every time I watch it, but I just watched it again last night. And the scene that jumps out at me the most is when he, and and by he I mean Bruce Wayne, is in the cemetery and it's pouring rain and he's just crying yeah. at his parents' gravestone it strikes a chord and Kevin Conroy's performance is phenomenal. He, he dug deep to like beg and plead with his parents to just kind of like, let him be happy. That scene's always stuck out in my head as just like, so interesting that he's having a one-sided conversation, but he like, the camera just cuts back to the gravestone and like lightning strikes. And he's like, okay, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that, that scene clearly uh, really is a great exem- example of uh, Bruce Wayne's psychosis. I was yeah. just about to say that. Yeah. Just how n- fucked up he is. He's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. I don't know. I Wow, that's that's tough. My, my favorite sequence. Um, I love anything with the Batwing. So I, I, I love when he's chasing the Phantasm along the roofs in the Batwing. Because nice. um, I do love that. Not only do I love the the Burton Batwing, but I also mm-hmm. love the Batwing from the animated series. So sleek and fucking cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess really though the 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 last the last fight between Phantasm Joker and then Batman as well. That that was probably it's such a great crescendo, a great climax. Um, I I guess that's my favorite sequence. Uh, <laughs> you guys kind of both took what I was gonna say, but womp womp. Yeah, so you beat me to the punch on that one. I guess if if I can't pick those two, I pick Batman punching a guy off a motorcycle. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But to to go back to to when he's just pleading at at the grave, the line "I didn't expect to be happy" always kind of stuck out. Is that I mean that's the 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 hallmark of Batman is yeah, he Bruce has Wayne's a little bit of a drama queen. Yeah, well, he has to be fucking depressed all the time, and he can't be happy, and he can't have somebody waiting for him, or he he can't go out and put his life on the line. Right, punch people off motorcycles. I think that my favorite is um, the stuff that's ripped from Batman Year One. Oh where yeah, he's donning the uh, the ski mask and he's the just, leather jacket, just taking on three or four dudes just straight up. <laughs> They've all got guns. He's got yeah. ninja stars. He's like, yeah. let's do it. And they just, they kind of treat him like a joke, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just some guy. They're like, what the fuck is going on here? So they, you know, the way that that all goes down is is one of my favorite things about it. And it's not necessarily pulled directly from year one, but it's very reminiscent of what happens in, in the year one book. Yeah. Same when he's getting chased by the, uh, the police. By that kind of SWAT team, that police. That scene is so... Oh my god, that was great. Yeah. I love that scene specifically for the fact that they kicked Batman's ass. Yeah. And he was literally in, like, backed into a corner. And I think that's 
one of the best aspects of of a Batman story is like he gets his bell rung and yeah. like just when you think like how the hell is he gonna get out of this like here comes Andrea to kind of like save him almost and no, she definitely saved him he was up shit's creek yeah if she didn't show up he was done which is like insane because he like narrowly escaped getting captured and I, I like I like that story beat for Batman is I pushing had, him up against a wall and seeing how he can get out of it. I had some problems with that scene. It, it's specifically in that after the cowl came off and he's running around with his face exposed, guys were hot on his heels and he looked back a couple of late times. I'm just like, I, I I don't buy that. No one would have been like, oh hey wait that's Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> Guy on the cover of Fortune magazine, right? Like I just like because as the, the, as they did the cuts, like the the police were right on his ass. Yeah. Like the yeah. SWAT team was right on his ass. So I don't know that 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 whole scene, um, especially once once the cow came off, kind of bothered me. But that's one of the only things that I really didn't like about that. But the but the ingenuity to put the cow on a sawhorse. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and they <laughs> fucking shoot the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, I also. Uh, it's very interesting that even in the face of this being widely regarded as one of the best Batman films of all time, um, there is no blowback almost at all to him not even acknowledging the fact that she knows his secret identity and he just keeps rolling. Yeah. Hmm. I, I did think that was kind of a dumb decision on his part that he was standing right next to his parents' grave as there is someone else in the cemetery. Like, he <laughs> might have maybe just rolled over to another grave just to put a little bit of distance between him and the and the words Wayne, or the word yeah, Wayne. I, just, I felt like that was so... I don't know. From her perspective, it's kind of a reach, I feel like. I mean, just because he was there... He like he could have been walking through any part of the cemetery, and just because he passed that gravestone, you're like, wait a second, and then he doesn't deny anything. <laughs> but she also He's, had that previous experience, though, with that's you know, right, flashbacks, right, like right. you know, and and he even said to her like, oh, I made a vow and stuff like this to my right. parents, so she's seen she put, him she put two there two enough to yeah. be like, oh, wait a minute. But I thought so. I, th- I definitely thought that the flashbacks were fantastic. Yes, and I um, think I think as an adult, I appreciate them way more. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I just I thought that was such a great. Although that that first one is really long. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that first one is like uh, almost ten minutes screen time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really long flashback, but it's it sets everything up in a way, but. With every flashback that happens, nothing gets better in the flashbacks. They're, like, progressively getting worse for Bruce. And you could, like, see he was, like, ready to move on from the vow and everything like that. Yeah. And then he proposes, and it just spirals out of control from that point on. And as soon as she, as soon as he gets that letter from her and the ring back, he like full bore into Batman. 
Yeah, okay. she's she's just the little push that he needed. Engagement over. I am the knight. <laughs> Literally. Um, having watched it for the first time, you know, years after it was out on DVD, uh, I didn't know the Joker was in it. And okay. so that first shot that you get of basically the Joker, pre-Joker, in the car. Uh, yeah, I think he's in, he's in um, uh, one of the gangster's cars. He's the driver. And I, mm. it just the nose is so... Uh, pronounced pre- yeah it's well and it's so it's such an identifiable mark of the of the the animated version of the jo- of joker that i was like is that the fucking joker and then yeah. i was really glad that they actually did go forward with that and like yeah that was the joker good job like yep but i love that there's no he's he's really a, a supporting character here he's not yeah in any way the focal point of what's actually happening he's more of like a circumstance that they have to deal with yeah He's a catalyst. He is a catalyst in that things get escalated once he's involved, which yes. they would have to. And I like that um, Sal Valestra, the mobster, like went that's, to him. That's him. Yeah. To try to like, well, I just need you to kill Batman, blah, blah, blah. And like Joker just here's, kind of. Here's here's five million. Five million up front. <laughs> Joker just kind of turned his plan on his head. Yeah, Basically. well, unfortunately, Valestra just didn't understand that it's not about the money, it's about sending a message. Abe Everything Pagoda. burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's something that you think the Joker would do as a character. Like, he doesn't care about the money, he right. doesn't care about, uh, he doesn't care about the mob, he just wants to do what he wants to do. And he, he murders Sal Valestra in order to set up Batman, essentially. And then he's like, oh, I'm... Yeah, he tries to set a trap for Batman and then finds out it's not Batman. Yeah. And it takes him uh, all of two seconds to realize who it actually is. I love that he's so many steps ahead well, of... Well, he was the one who killed her father, so he knew it couldn't be him. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> but like he knew immediately who it was. Right. And I just love that... Uh, everybody's not playing with a full deck except him. Mm-hmm. Right. And like of all people to play with a full deck, it's the friggin' Joker. But I think another reason why like <laughs> Batman didn't figure it out sooner was because he's blinded. Totally. By, like his feelings towards her. Totally. And, and this is a, a great uh, example of a story where Bruce, this is, this is the story that Bruce learns from going forward. You know, like this is like this whole his romance with Andrea is the reason why he doesn't take on any girlfriends or fiancés or whatever. And if he does, he eventually makes them so frustrated with him that they leave because because of this woman or he just outright rejects them. Yeah, right. Because he knows that it blinds him and it makes him weak and it makes him susceptible to really stupid decisions. And he makes a few of them in this. What did we think of that first scene where we first meet Phantasm? It's, I love the, I mean, the design itself is great. It's so simple, but it's yeah, fucking it's terrifying. Just a, it's a it's stylized like Grim, Reaper. Grim Reaper. Yeah. yeah, but then all the smoke that's constantly billowing out, I just think it's a really cool design. And then the voice, of course, Stacey Keach. That's a hell of a way to go, is to have him drive out the parking garage, like out the parking structure, fly across the street, land in the building next door... And then you just hear him laying on the horn, yeah. Which for some reason that that's very graphic. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was thinking just, the same just sitting, thing. Sitting, laying on it. 
<laughs> I I I, I ha- always had a little problem with that the fact that you know Batman takes the glass and studies the compound and then that never really goes anywhere. For, for well, it leads him to find the compound elsewhere, and then he's starting to put together that there is a compound. Right, but but it doesn't lead to him like tracking down a right, right. a place where she's making the stuff. And and to be honest, that power of hers is a little is not a little is majorly ill defined. Uh, it just kind of kind of comes out of her glove, and then allows yeah, her to got disappear. Smoke, the, she's got a smoke machine on her on her back. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking the way that they did that it was almost like a like a ninja style move where they would like right. drop a smoke bomb and then like use that absolutely i mean it realistically that's how it would have to play out but yeah yeah it's and just like theatricality and deception the, that that theory that it's just like a smoke bomb and she just gets out of the way is kind of um turned on its head in the in the cemetery when she's uh attacking is his name buzz buzz bronsky yeah um and he swings the 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 pickaxe at her, and it goes through the smoke, and then she's there again. So she, I don't know, she laid down. My whole thing with that really was quickly. like she just she did a put up a giant thing and then like ducked it, you know. Yeah, no, Some she she did a quick she did a quick jump down on the ground, did a push up, and then jump back up. Because <laughs> I was like I was watching it, and and he swing he swings fully through that smoke, so it's not like she just like stepped. Well, back. at first yeah. he swings the axe and she cuts off the tip of it, so he throws right. the uh, he throws just like the handle. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the beginning, when Chucky Saul is shooting at her, and it just she keeps going, so. No, she. I mean, she cut the she cut the gun in half. Yeah, yeah. like one slice. They didn't get into it, but I would have assumed that she would have had some sort of armor, like she would have had some sort of some some sort of body armor. Hopefully, it was what was making her shoulders so broad. Another one of the scenes that jumped out to me was uh, when the councilman is poisoned by Joker, and he's in the yeah. hospital. Oh yeah. yeah, that was unsettling at, at best. Yeah. Like, I think that was the best way to handle, like, the way Joker poisons you. Like, he uses, yeah. like, a neurotoxin, <laughs> and it you literally, you're laughing, but he's so scared, and you could tell, because he's crying, he's terrified, but he can't it's stop disturbing. laughing. It's very and I disturbing. love that, that Batman does not give a shit about your condition. Nope. Right. He's still going to question you, and you're going to give up really huge pieces of information and not be able to control yourself. But big props to that voice actor because his performance in that scene was great. Uh, I, I believe I was reading he was in Die Hard. He was. You took it out. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, he was. He was in Die Hard, and apparently in in Die Hard, he's the character that also flips on everybody as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's a complete dick. I wonder how different this movie would have been if they were told, "Hey, go make a movie." Yeah, oh, yeah. Huh. From the beginning. Yeah. Definitely. Like they knew they were making a direct to to home to video. movie. Yeah, like a direct to video movie that was what they were aware that they were making. Um but I definitely think that if they knew it was going to be a full-blown theatrical release, it would have been a lot different. Yeah. But the writer of it, I mean, I think there's three or four writers total on this. Yeah, four. Um, they they wanted to the, the the main guy or however you want to word that um, he wanted to do a a love story with Batman 
or excuse me, with Bruce Wayne, um, because that hadn't been explored in in the animated series to that point. So that was really what he was going for, and then um, guy different people filled in different parts of it. Some people wrote the uh, flashbacks, and then the the end of it, and then you know filled in some other stuff. Yeah, Alan Burnett, who was one of the producers on the series, was the guy who conceptualized the story. Mm-hmm. And then they had Martin Pascoe, Michael Reeves, and Paul Dini mm-hmm. do other story stuff. And I be- is Paul Paul Dini's the guy who was mugged, right? Yeah. So that happened during production of this, because mm-hmm. he wrote about it in his. Uh, graphic novel that he released dark Knight, mm-hmm. but that happened during the production of this movie and he almost backed out of the entire uh batman everything yeah really but obviously paul dini is like really well known for his contributions to batman and the animated series such as like harley quinn and stuff mm-hmm. and he wrote uh batman arkham asylum yeah the first game and the arkham city if only they brought him back for Arkham Knight. Ooh. Maybe Ooh. Arkham Knight wouldn't have been Jason Todd. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> what are you saying, Gordon? God damn it. Andrew, I don't I don't know how to tell you this, but the Arkham Knight it's Jason Todd. <laughs> Jordan, Jason Todd is dead. <laughs> well, God. <laughs> So just, I mean, let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk more about the animated series as a whole. Sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, look, we're all we're all going to be saying glowing things about it. So you know, <laughs> uh, it's one of the best animated series ever done. You know, just outright. Oh, easily. I think it's it's probably the best, if not top two best depictions of batman ever yeah i'd put it up there definitely yeah because it's just it encapsulates everything about the character they have the opportunity because there's so many episodes and so many villains involved and everything to go from him being the detective to him being the 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 actual hand-to-hand combatant um to the more supernatural stuff so like runs the gamut, covers all the bases, and I think really it's it's probably the best depiction of him ever, other than like in actual comic books. I mine is always gonna be the Dark Knight. Um because out of all the Batman things I've ever watched and enjoyed, the first time I watched the the Dark Knight in theaters, it was a midnight screening the the uh, on, on its premiere night in two thousand eight. When it went to credits, I was crying. And not like weeping, but like I was there were tears in my eyes because it was so fucking perfect. Um, yeah. So to me, that's always going to be that's now the, the bar that has to be met um, because it, it it raised itself above the animated series, above Tim Burton's Batman, which to me was, you know, the greatest thing ever. Um, but that's not to say that the animated series is bad. It's just it's to me, it's just not as good as The Dark Knight, but it is still, you know, like you said, top two or three. Definitely. See, see, I will go ahead and say that the animated series for me is better than The Dark Knight. 
Uh, when I think Batman, I think the animated series. When I read a Batman comic, I hear Mark Hamill as the Joker. I hear Kevin Conroy as Batman. Every time. Like, Every time. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, his voice. Yep. Everyone from this series has affected me in a different way. And this is what I think of when I think Batman. Now, look, the voice acting is 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 beyond compare. I mean, like it's without rival. Like the, the uh, I think her name's Andrea Romano. I think I saw every yeah. time the credits would roll. Yes. She's the casting director. Uh, yep. She one of the greatest casting directors of all time. The, uh, they they got so many um so many amazing voice actors, and not just voice actors, but amazing actors to be voices. Um to be characters on, on the show. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Conroy, of course, there, there's a reason why they got him to be in so many of the Batman games, and Mark Hamill as Joker as well. The, those are two iconic voices, definitely. To the point where it's weird if you hear somebody else. I didn't believe my mom when she told me that it was Luke Skywalker that was the Joker. I didn't know that for for years. Same, until Really, yeah. until the internet was in, invented. I didn't believe she was like, that. yeah, you hear that? Because she always used to play this game with me where... Uh, anything that was animated or any sort of uh, voice acting, I'd have to close my eyes and try to picture who was talking. Hmm. Um, and like examples include the prospector from Toy Story Two being Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, um, that's one that comes right up to the, right to the top of my head because like I had no idea, and then I listened to it and I was like, "Is that that fucking Frasier guy?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was uh, definitely. Like, I couldn't hear it. Like, he transforms his voice in a way that you just can't hear the compare, like, the the similarities between the two. Yeah. And and Mark Hamill did did many voices throughout the show as well. Yeah. Um, so he, he's, he's a prolific voice actor in his own right. It's great. Well, he wasn't yeah, even I, the original Joker. That was uh, Tim Curry was the original Joker. In the animated series? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then... Uh, he recorded the first like couple of episodes and they weren't like really feeling it. And they had the joke or they had, they had Mark Hamill on in the Mr. Freeze episode as like the bad guy who ran goth court. Yeah. 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 And they liked his performance so much. They were like, Hey, why don't you uh, give this a try? And they fell in love with him as, as Joker. And so they wound up recasting him. Cause Tim Curry probably was, to Caesar Romero, I would imagine yeah. that he was just doing yeah, an homage was... to Caesar Romero. Clearly, Mark Hamill stood the test of time in this because he's very. They they keep wanting him to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I- iconic, literally iconic. Yeah, but not only just Mark Hamill's iconic performance, and like not only just the voice acting, but like the film noir aesthetics and like the artistic presentation of the series. Like, yeah, it's dude. It's, it's it's the coolest. It's the coolest fucking thing. Probably about the show is just what it looks like. They took, uh, the general Burton esque appearance of 89 and returns. Right. And they just extrapolated it to what they made that that Gotham and all of those vehicles and all of that stuff. It's timeless, but it's also 
set in a time. Absolutely. It's just you don't know when. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just set in the past. That's what it feels like. It just feels like the past. It's set in, it's set like in the forties, but in a forties that takes place now. Yeah. (laughs) It's like an alternate reality where the 2040 Batman has this supercomputer, but it's also they're watching TV in black and white and they have jet engines and they have satellites. Blimps. (laughs) And yet they're still using airships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the police use blimps. So it's a very... The, the dichotomy between the technology is so interesting. And but just is, all the buildings are art deco. Yeah. The and, the design of the vehicles is my favorite thing. Mm. I love how they all look like those old, old, old 40s cars. I love right. it. Yeah. Well, it goes in line with like the pulp aesthetic of the comics, too. Right. The early comics. Even like armored cars they built up, you know, they have semi, they have like art deco designs, like semi-futuristic designs that would have been yeah. futuristic back in the 40s, you know? Yeah. 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 They they uh, dubbed it dark deco <laughs> while working on the series. And I, I know one of the biggest differences in the animation style was everything was drawn on black paper. Yeah. So yeah. it made it stand out. That's awesome. I love personally that everyone wears fedoras or all, <laughs> a lot of men wear fedoras because I love fedoras even not well, in, not in that tip my hat to you milady thing. But, um, <laughs> but I just love fedoras in general. So it's a and, and all the men like wear suits. It's a very old school. Right. You know, nobody's like wear like when you see Bruce Wayne in sweatpants, it's like he's not going to the store. <laughs> no, he's going to work out. Yeah, <laughs> or he's doing uh, jujitsu in his in his backyard, but it's clearly taekwondo. <laughs> he was in a gi. All right, what do you want? <laughs> he's a master um, of several martial arts. All right, let's <laughs> let's be clear. He can he Bruce can... Wayne, the first mixed martial artist, one hundred and twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but but even like the red sky in the show, like always stood out to me. Yes. Like I love the the way that they made Gotham City look. When I was when I was younger, um I had several VHSs of the animated series, but they were like character specific. Yep. I had those as well. Like they had a penguin set. Yep. There was a penguin, Riddler, Joker, Two-Face, Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy, Catwoman, Robin, and then Batman. Mhm. And I, th- I think I had all of them that were available, and I used to watch them all the time. Yeah, this this show really like impacted me, and especially when they released the series on DVD, I was so excited to like go and find them and watch like the bonus features that they had. Um, for those that don't know, my day job is a video editor, and one of the things that I got from this series specifically was. Bruce Tim was talking about the way that they would cut scenes together and how he would never cut a scene without any action. If someone was walking right before they left the scene, that's where they would cut. There'd always be some sort of movement within a scene. And I take that in everything that I do now on a daily basis. That's interesting. Very interesting. I'm trying to like picture it now and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. There's always movement in everything. It'll ne- you'll never see someone walk out of a scene and then they cut. They're always about right. to leave. So I just kind of adopted that for my editing style. So like going from 
the style and the the dark deco and everything let's talk about the villains in the show because the villains are just as much of a part of this series as batman one i always really like that the the very first episode features man bat yeah of all of all the villains they could choose on leather wings you would think you would think joker but he he doesn't show up till the third episode Mm -hmm. yeah there's only third episode yep christmas with the joker well the the first episode that they put into production was the man bat episode but technically when it aired on television the first episode to air was cat and the claw part one and two really yeah really because i remember i remember watching it um I remember when it premiered. I, I could have sworn that first episode was the Man Bat episode. Yeah, no, they uh, on all the DVDs and home releases and stuff. It's all in production order, hmm. but the original air dates uh, they they dumped Cat in the Claw first. Hmm. Well, the first episode that I saw, and so <laughs> I guess I missed it after the premiere. But that was the first epi- episode I saw was uh, on on Leathery Wings. Yeah. So, so who's everyone's like favorite villain? I would say from I mean, this it's, show, it's so easy to say the Joker. You know what I mean? Because of the iconic performance, because of how this show built up the character. But let's handicap uh, the Joker out of it then. So let's just I, say, that's handi- what I was going to say, Joker is everyone's favorite. So then, beyond that, <laughs> who's, your, who's your next favorite? <laughs> I always really liked the Scarecrow. Hmm. Um, yeah, he was he was very good in this. His design was pretty good. It wasn't until the new Adventures of Batman and Robin from the late '90s where he got that incredible redesign where he looked fucking terrifying. Yep, with the noose around his neck and everything. But I've just always liked the Scarecrow as a character. So whenever I get to see him in anything, it's it's always fun. I would say for me, it would have to be Clayface. I definitely thought you were going to say Mr. Freeze. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I love the characterization that they did for Clayface. Uh, that whole first part of his two-part uh, origin story, you just felt bad for the dude. Ron Perlman. Yeah. Really? It was Ron Perlman? You Ron guys are, fucking You guys are really Perlman. stealing my, fun, my thunder here, because this, uh, that's, that's, this is my favorite episode you're talking about. So Really? Okay. I just got done watching the thunder. first part. Feet of Clay. <laughs> Yeah, Feet of Clay, Part 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, with uh, the follow-up of Mudslide. Uh, that character is, like, everything to me. Uh, he the, he had, like, such a unique look from the rest of the villains in that mm-hmm. show. Absolutely. The animation for when he would, like, transform and do crazy shit always just looks so good. And then they even did an episode as part of the new Batman Adventures during the redesign featuring him. And that was such a heart-wrenching, heartbreaking episode. I, I remember watching the the new adventures, the later, like the the later seasons, I guess you would call it. But they don't stick out as much to me as the original. Yeah. Because when he when everyone became a little more blocky and angular, like even more so than they were already. Well, they designed them to match up with Superman the animated series, and then exactly. later Justice League and Batman Beyond mm-hmm. and yeah, Static Shock. All, yeah. Um, I, so I love, I love Clayface. Uh, he's one of my favorites, but I would have to say my favorite other than Joker, um, would be Mr. Freeze. Heart of Ice is such a great episode. Yeah. They won an Emmy for that. Yeah. Um, 
and I love the way that they do his voice where he's kind of a man in a cup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Deep cuts. My Nora. Um, you know, I, I just I, I I love the design of him. Uh, I love his 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 freeze ray looks amazing. The 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 way they animated it shooting looks awesome. Where it's got like a, a central wide beam, but then it has like a spiral ice beam around it. Like it just I, I I love everything about freeze. I did not like when later on they made him into just like a head on a metal spider. Like I, I agree with that. That was, that. That didn't was, that was that. weird. Yeah, but but I think they retconned that out okay. in Batman well, Beyond. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so and, and 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 Freeze, I love that design so much that when they announced that there was going to be Mister Freeze and Batman and Robin, I was like, oh, good. Oh, and then no. of course I saw it, and then I was oh, no. suicidal. No, um, <laughs> um, no, but uh, but then it took them bringing him back in. I believe he was back in the um, uh, well. In video game form, I should say, they brought him back uh, in a in a, a form that I liked. In I think it was Arkham City. Yeah. Arkham City, he looked amazing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great. Yeah, boss so fight. so he's my other than Joker, he's my favorite villain in the animated series. Although they are all fucking amazing. He's featured uh, in Arkham Knight as well. Okay. Yeah. So when you eventually do uh, play that, right? Well, well, golly, Rob, who would your favorite be? <laughs> Well, that's not fair because it's you guys all know. But fuck, man, it's Two Face. Yeah, I I thought it was gonna be the Penguin. Sorry, my, with, my, my bad. Yeah, like a, with like a one A being Penguin because uh, it's a tall. I love I love both of those characters so much. I love both of those characters so much. But Two Two Face was always like that was the uh, the the character specific VHS that I always popped in was Two Face. The animated Two Face is so good. And like that, ep- that that two part episode, um, is amazing. Yeah, that's it's right up there in the top top ten episodes. You know, he's just he's just so sad to me. And I love the I always loved the fact that they introduced Harvey Dent as a character yep. way before yeah. they ever made him Two Face. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's like the tenth episode until when he when he gets uh, literally turned. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like one of the things that happens in Gotham. It's not like it's just it's like a, a plot point in the city. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Here's a deep cut. I like that. Here's a deep cut. The voice of Two Face is Richard Mall, who mm-hmm. uh, yeah. who I don't know how how many other people besides me watched Night Court, but he was Bull in Night Court, one of the <laughs> massive bald bailiff. Uh, and when okay. I found out that that was Two Face, I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" Like, <laughs> it's insane. He also uh, was the ghost in Scary Movie 2. Oh, that's right. That's right. So anytime I would watch Scary Movie 2, I'd be like, oh my god, it's Two-Face. Jesus. There's so many good villains. You can't go wrong. No. The animated version of, uh, I should say at least the Batman the Animated Series version of of Killer Croc was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Poison Ivy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Introducing Harley, who, to me, that's that's the ultimate Harley in the animated series. Yeah. you know, just you really you can't go wrong. But then Fuck, you also even... have you also have the Riddler, John yeah, Glover as the Riddler, <laughs> the Mad the Mad Hatter. I love yeah, him. Yeah, Mad Hatter. Uh, one of my favorite um, single episodes, The Clock King. I love that yeah. T- Temple Fugit. I yep. love that episode, and that and him. All of the the villains that they introduced specifically for the series, like uh, what uh, Baby Doll was one, Sewer yep. King, Hardak. Uh, yeah. Oh, Hardak, yeah. Hardak. 
Um, not, I mean, I of all those, Baby Doll always stood out. She was like the little, she was affected with the condition where she couldn't grow. Is that her? Yeah, yeah. that's a that's like with the Killer Croc episode, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a great episode. And then Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So like Rachel Ghoul stands out to me because of the way that he carried himself all the time and would always refer to Batman as detective, detective. and stuff like that. <laughs> well, th- that's also one of my favorite things about Two-Face in the animated series is that Batman never calls him Two-Face. Yeah. Ever. It's always Harvey. It's always Harvey. Always. Because he's always trying to appeal to the human that's there rather than the monster that it's created. But I also, for whatever reason, when I was younger, was after watching this show, was very interested in Jekyll and Hyde. I read that, like, constantly. <laughs> um, I, my favorite universal monster is Wolfman. So the the <laughs> they're all very similar characters in a way. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what the fuck's going on in my head. Fast forward um, to the trial. Um, Your Honor, we didn't really see it until we did a podcast where Rob basically admitted <laughs> to being a serial killer. Um <laughs> I just like the guy. I like I like the characters that struggle with the the part of their brain that's telling them to do bad things. Like the duality. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Because not really. I mean, most characters, if they're written well, have a complexity to that level. But like, Joker doesn't have that complexity. No. Penguin doesn't have that complexity. Scarecrow doesn't. You know what I mean? Like maybe Mister Freeze, but he's like driven for a reason, mm-hmm. that, which is why he's doing the things he's doing. But Harvey can't decide what the fuck is happening in his head, and that's why it's my favorite. How about a f- uh, favorite episodes? Maybe top three, if you if you can do that, or at least some well, that you really enjoyed. Yeah, like I said, my favorite episode is is Feet of Clay Part One and Part Two with um, the mudslide follow up. Um, so I kind of look at that as a, a, just one whole episode of, you know, that's an hour long a short film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like you, Jordan, I, I think Matt Hagen is a great character. Um, because yeah, you do feel for the guy. He had a horrible disfiguring accident that, you know, made him, uh, made him pray to the predatory Roland Daggett trying to get his renew you out on the market. Uh, yeah, it, it it it's one of the it's one of the better animated episodes. I, I know that the whole series has really good animation, but there are a few episodes that you can just see like the animation is just really on point. Like one of those is um, Demon's Quest Part One and Part Two. Yes, the, those two yeah. episodes are so beautifully animated. Like I anyway, but um, but yeah, uh, when he turns into Clayface, I mean, it's just and his powers are fucking amazing. And, yeah. and even as a teenager watching this in, you know, just preteens and early teens, um, when he, the first time he makes, like, a, he has lobster claws, giant lobster claws, <laughs> like, explode from his hands. I was like, oh, God, like, it was, it was mind-blowing uh, to see that in a cartoon. Um, I, I just, I love that. And, yeah, I love, I love Clayface as a villain. Uh, I, and Ron Perlman knocked out of the park as a voice actor. I thought Ed Asner was great as Daggett. Uh, they had um, the guy germs is Ed Bagley jr. So they had a really great cast for wow. the, those episodes. Um, so that, that's my favorite episode, but I should say there are 
a bunch of them right below there, like you know, a silicon of, or a soul of silicon and mm-hmm. silicon um, soul. Yeah, yeah, silicon soul, and then you know, the one with hardack. Um, that's a great two-parter. Um, like I said, the Clock King is a great standout episode. The, the episode where there was a gangster dealing with his son being a drug addict, that was an amazing episode. Yes. Oh, God, that, that stands out to me. So there are so many amazing episodes. Uh, and, of course, Heart of Ice, you know. Um, I'll, right. I'll take the easy. I'll take the easy out because nobody mentioned it yet. Almost got him. Yeah, I was, was just, just yeah, about to almost say. Got him. That that's <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we've talked to me. We've talked about that so much time. That's just like that's also handicap. Like you know, it's like okay, what yeah. other than almost got him? Like <laughs> right, right. I, I want to say it was in the the new adventures, but episode over the edge. Yeah, that one that is probably one? my Ar- favorite out of arguably all. Arguably the darkest Not episode familiar. in the entire series. Brian, it's, I implore you to go watch it. I don't even want to say anything. Yeah, don't no, spoil no, it. You can no, you can tell me that's fine because I don't know if I'll ever if I'll ever watch it. So, because uh, I, I have seen episodes from the New Adventures, but again, it's just not my the, the design just really pushes me away. But so please, it, uh, and it, for those who have seen seen it, they'd like to hear you talk about. It, I'm sure. Well, spoiler alert: it starts off with Batgirl falling to her death onto Ooh. Commissioner Gordon's car. Ooh, and and Sold. from the from the point of Jesus view of Christ, Gordon, bro. yeah. Uh, and then he finds out that it's Barbara, and so he goes after Batman. Like he finds out everything. It's the craziest. Oh, it's so That's good! Fucking awesome. Uh, it's so <laughs> good. The the way that they pulled that episode off. Um, do so? Do they make her Oracle off of that? No, or? she dies. No. Yeah. Wow. She I mean, legit. They, they kill her. her in Batman Beyond. They kill it's, her off. It's it's. It's all revealed as a, a fear toxin hallucination, uh, but uh, to start the episode that way, I remember yeah. seeing that and being like, "What the fuck? What is this?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. That um, one, that's awesome. Uh, I was gonna say, I remember from my Riddler uh, VHS, there's an episode where he puts them in a labyrinth. Yeah, oh, like a virtual uh, reality, right? That's uh, yeah. If oh, you're yeah. So that's smart, a great episode. If you're so, if you're smart, so smart, why aren't you rich? Yeah, that's, that's one that's, of my. That's got to be one of my favorites. I watched that, is a that great episode constantly. Also, yeah. fantastic title. I love yeah. that. Yeah, and then um, uh, later on we get what is reality, which is a great Riddler episode because he puts them inside a virtual reality thing. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah, the, the virtual reality episode. Um, if I had to pick one that wasn't mentioned yet, I'd probably go with Trial. Which is where Batman gets imprisoned in Arkham Asylum and all of the villains are like running the asylum and they put him on trial. Oh, that's right. (laughs) And I just remember like Scarecrow walking with that giant scythe and like just everyone kind of going after. Oh, it was great. There's Fun so fact, many good episodes in this series. The uh, the voice actor for Scarecrow in that episode was recovering from throat surgery, and that's why Scarecrow doesn't talk at all. <laughs> is is Trial from New Adventures? No, that's from the animated series. Oh, okay. Um, the man who killed Batman. You guys remember that one? Yep. Yeah, I do. The small the squid. It was like some small town, some small time guy, and it's it looks like he killed Batman, so he gets all of these people like on his back and. Oh, God, such a good one. I'll even go, like, I know that people have shit on Tiger Tiger. I liked that episode. I thought it was really well animated. I thought it was really different. I liked it. So, yeah. so yeah. there. I don't I don't think I dislike any episode of this show. 
Um, going going with the new adventures, though, like thinking of an episode, there was uh, Never Fear, which uh, Scarecrow develops like a new toxin. Instead of like inducing fear, it completely eliminates it. And he poisons Batman with it. So Batman just becomes like reckless and dangerous. And so Robin has to basically like stop him from going too far. I like it. I like it. Adam West. He voiced beware, uh, the Grey Ghost. Beware the Grey right? Ghost. ghost. Yep. Yeah. One of the best ones. To see Batman fanboying out. <laughs> I can't say enough good things about this show. If you don't own it. I highly recommend owning it. Uh, if our giveaway is still going on, you could always, uh, you know, get in on that. You've got until the end of November to enter our giveaway. So, yeah, you could you can own the whole series for free. Just follow the steps on our post. So any any final thoughts regarding Batman, the animated series? It's good. Watch it. <laughs> then watch it again. No, I mean, uh, Mask of the Phantasm is great. Uh, animated series is a definitive take on, on the character of Batman. And uh, if you haven't seen it already, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> enter our giveaway. Yeah, enter our giveaway and, like, fucking rectify that shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're coming to get you. The four of us are going to show up to your house. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't watch this fucking show, I'm going to punch your face off of your motorcycle. <laughs> So for Pop Cannon, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, please stick around for way more content. Uh, we release episodes usually every other week. So stick around. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. But uh, for Pop Cannon, I'm Jordan. I am Robert. I'm Andrew. And I'm Brian. Harvey. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> So how was that walk down Nostalgia Boulevard? Are you a fan of Batman the Animated Series? Duh. Anyway, where does Mask of the Phantasm rank for you among the best Batman films of all time? Who is your favorite Batman villain? Is Phantasm underappreciated as a Batman villain? And what was your favorite episode overall of the Animated Series? We'd love to hear your answers to any and all of these questions, and connecting with us has never been easier. Just search Pop Cannon on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to give us a follow and interact. Don't forget the K in Canon. It's what every kiss begins with. And while you're perusing our socials, check out our giveaway. That's right, the first ever Pop Cannon giveaway. We're counting up all your entries and we'll be announcing a winner at the end of November. But basically, all you have to do to enter is follow us on social media, retweet, share, and or repost our giveaway post, and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. That's it. And one lucky person will walk away with a digital copy of the HD remaster of Batman the Animated Series. Exciting times! We're also running a tournament to determine the greatest superhero of all time. We drop a new poll every single day, so make sure you're following so you can vote. And we know you love us as a whole, but individually, we're even better. You can find me, Robert, on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. Jordan is on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. 
Andrew is on Twitter at flavored underscore red and Instagram at Android Skeleton. And Brian recently returned after being lost for quite some time. Now he runs with a gang of degenerates who commit petty crimes and rob and mug people under overpasses and in dark alleys. On one such occasion, Brian and his merry band of thieves began mugging a man for his inexplicable cash box, when suddenly a man with broad shoulders, who was walking with a striking redhead, tried to intervene. The guy got in a couple good shots, but Brian jumped on his motorcycle and began speeding towards the guy, spinning a chain over his head to attack him with. Just as Brian entered striking distance, the man leapt up, vaulted off the front of the motorcycle, and crushed Brian's face with a straight punch. Like, caved that fucking thing in. It was like punching a fucking pillow. Horrible. Brian later woke up in ICU with his jaw wired shut. I hope he's healed up before our next episode. Speaking of next episodes, we have several planned for the rest of the year, and we're really excited about them. We're going to be reviewing Disney Pixar's Coco, the triumphant return of our Christmas Lists episode, and a season review of HBO's Watchmen. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoy. 